You're listening to KZOM, Oleander Public Radio. The Reader's Corner Absurd to Superb Dear Editor, Unfortunately, I missed the January number of your very excellent magazine, which I consider superior to any of its type. I brought seven copies, February to August, with me on my vacation, and have so far read the first three from cover to cover. The February and March numbers were almost above reproach, but the April number contained two stories so surprisingly poor that I can only conjecture the editor was ill at that time. They were The Man Who Was Dead by Thomas H. Knight and Monsters of Moyen by Arthur J. Burks. For Mr. Knight there is no hope. To him I can only say, stop trying to write and get a job. I am a rapid and omnivorous reader, but never have I read a story so utterly bad as his. He gets the booby prize. Arthur J. Burks, although a master artist in comparison to Knight, is pretty poor, terrible, in fact. His style is dull, repetitious, and stilted. His melodrama is exaggerated to the point of nauseating absurdity. His characters are lifeless and unnatural puppets. So much for the faults. Among the best science fiction stories I have read is The Planet of Dread by R. F. Starzl in the August number. I also very much enjoyed the Dr. Bird stories by Captain Meek, and indeed all the others, barring the two I criticized in such a helpful, friendly spirit. Leinster and Cummings are old favorites of mine. I prefer your present cover, but disagree with your attitude towards reprinting the older works of such authors as George Allen, England, Service, and Cummings, which are now unobtainable, and would, I believe, be received with pleasure and applause. Congratulations. Joseph S. Stowe, 291 Barrington Street, Rochester, New York. P.S. Since I wrote, I have read the May and June numbers, both perfect. C.D. Willard is a superb storyteller. Wrong numbers still. Dear Editor, I agree with the rest of your readers in the good things they say about your magazine in the Reader's Corner. There is one story, however, The Planet of Dread, in your August issue that gives me a rather sickening feeling of disgust. The trouble was in the climax. After the hero has wandered over quite a portion of the planet Inra, he arrives at some mountains where, lo and behold, an unexpected spaceship drops from the clouds to an unfrequented ledge of rock and makes a rescue. After this sensational climax comes an equally thrilling anti-climax. The hero is offered three years' salary for his story. To accuse the future world of doing such a thing is an open insult to our posterity. Ten percent of my high school freshmen took just such an ending to their first themes. As that story took up about one-seventh of your space and your magazine cost twenty cents, I figure you owe your readers three cents on that issue. But due to the fineness of the rest of your stories, I am willing to forget your debt as far as I am concerned. I am happy to see that you are beginning to print articles. I read with interest the one about mechanical voices for the telephone numbers in your September issue. But can't something be done about wrong numbers? The article states that a person dialed the number 8561T. Two seconds later, the loudspeaker spoke up, clearly, in an almost human voice, 8651T. Wrong number. Must this evil be with us, always? I am not in favor of reprints. You are printing stories every month just as good as any of those suggested to you. I have read most of those classic scientific stories referred to. The best stories along this line have not been written yet. Keep your space clear for them. 
Let us have young blood with new ideas. Let our authors eat. Good stories were never written on an empty stomach. I believe yours is the highest type of the few magazines that lay a greater stress on the brains of the hero than on his good looks. But for the sake of one of your ardent readers, let that hero use his brains to get himself out of whatever he has gotten into. Don't let a spaceship swoop down from above to rescue him. That type of story reminds me a lot of the one where Jonah was rescued from the deep by the timely arrival of the friendly whale. By the way, there's a suggestion for a reprint. I will admit that it would be just about as new to me as some of the others that have been suggested in this corner. Richard Lewis, 448 Marion Street, Knoxville, Iowa Not so green in Ireland Dear Editor, I suppose it's not often you get a letter from an Irish paddy, but here's one now. Here in Cork we don't get magazines like Astounding Stories regularly, but I got the May issue today and could not stop until I had devoured it from cover to cover. The Atom Smasher is a story which I have been hunting for for years. When I had finished it, I had to sit back and leave out all the breath which I was holding in, in a prolonged whew. If ever I get the luck to find another Astounding Stories, I'll burn up the pages looking for the name Victor Rousseau. Next in order I liked Brigands of the Moon, and the Jovian Jest. Thought the story into the ocean's depths an awful fairy tale, but otherwise good reading. The painter of the cover design is a real artist, and I wish to express my appreciation of his wonderful rendering of a difficult subject. Fitzgerald Grattan, 11 Frankfield Terrace, Summerhill South, Cork, Irish Free State. Worthy His Evening and Pipe Dear Editor, I have read my first copy of Astounding Stories, the September, the first paragraph in the first part of A Problem in Communication assured me that I had found a book worthy of my evening and pipe. Read that paragraph, and you will find Dr. Miles Brewer is most brilliant in his philosophy and clever in the application of that philosophy in his masterpiece of the science of communication. Don L. Schweitzer, 1402 Bancroft Street, Omaha, Nebraska. Taking a Claw Hold Dear Editor, I was just reading the September issue of A.S. and find it ranging first among the science fiction magazines now printed. I'm certain your Jetta of the Lowlands is going to be a masterpiece of Ray Cummings. He is my favorite writer. I did not like Earth the Marauder. It was too much drawn out and very dry. Brigands of the Moon was excellent. I wish you would print my letter, as I'd like anyone, male or female, interested in science to write to me. Would you kindly oblige me? I'm glad to see girls taking an interest in your magazine, as it shows science is taking a claw-hold on everyone. Harold Begel, 29 Stewart Street, Washington, New Jersey. This and that. Dear Editor, In the October issue of Astounding Stories, Mr. Woodrow Gelman casts vote number one for reprints, or here is vote number two. I intended to reply to all your arguments against reprint, but Mr. Gelman has done this very satisfactorily, indeed. I only wish to make a few additional comments. You say that only one out of a hundred haven't read reprints. Fifty out of a hundred would be more correct. Five years ago there wasn't a single magazine devoted exclusively to science fiction. Now there are six of them, more or less. These magazines have converted thousands of readers into science fiction fans. These readers ought to be given a chance 
to read the old masterpieces. Even those who have read them would be glad to re-read them. With the exception of the reprints, you have pretty near carried out all the reader's wishes. You have put in a reader's department, increased Wessel's illustrations, given us many interplanetary stories, and given us the stories of the leading authors of the day. Surely you can give us reprints when the demand for them is so universal. The ones I want are those written by Cummings, Merritt, Rousseau, and Service, and I am sure that the rest of the readers want them, too. If you are still doubtful, the fairest thing to do is to conduct a vote among the readers. I hope that you will pardon me for being so persistent, but I am sure that you are working in the best interests of the readers, and that you will accede to a great and growing popular demand. Now about the latest issue of Astounding Stories. The Invisible Death is the best novelette you have printed up to now. With the exception of Ray Cummings, the best author you have is Victor Rousseau. I am glad to see that there is another story by Rousseau scheduled for next month. Murray Leinster is a close third, and I hope to see more of his stories soon. The second part of Jetta of the Lowlands was better than the first. Stolen Brains was also excellent. Keep on printing the Dr. Bird stories. I like them very much. Although the stories were splendid, the cover illustration was poor. I believe that this is the worst cover that Wesso has ever drawn. The main fault with it is that there is no science in it. It would be more appropriate for one of those detective magazines. The Invisible Death has many other interesting scenes from which Wesso could have chosen a more fitting subject. However, Wesso is your best artist, and you ought to keep him. Michael Forgaris, 157 4th Street, Passale, New Jersey. Not Spoiled by Editor Dear Editor, there is one advantage that Astounding Stories has over all of the other science fiction magazines. It does not overburden one with an exposition of scientific facts. Too often a story is ruined by a lot of dry textbook stuff that turns an exciting story into a lecture. In Astounding Stories we can soar away on the wings of imagination, escaping the humdrum everyday world to new and amazing adventures. The hours fly away like the speed of light, and upon finishing the book our only regret is that we have to wait a whole month before another issue takes us aloft again. Having unburdened myself thus far, I think it is most fitting to comment upon your latest October issue. To my mind, the stories in order of merit are The Invisible Death, Stolen Brains, Jetta of the Lowlands, Prisoners on the Electron, and An Extra Man. I am certainly glad to see Ray Cummings writing for your most excellent magazine. He is an A-1 author. It does not make a particle of difference to me about the size of the magazine, but I wish you would have smooth edges like those of your five novels monthly. I am glad to see that the reader's corner is enlarged. I always turn to this first, even before reading the stories. This is a most entertaining department, and I am glad it is not spoiled by any perfunctory remarks from the editor. How about publishing astounding stories twice a month? E. Anderson, 1765 Southern Boulevard, New York City, New York. Roses, Daisies, and Violets Dear Editor, in appreciation of an enjoyable evening of reading, which extended, by the way, into the wee small hours of early morning, I thought to drop you a few lines speaking of the high regards your magazine Astounding Stories has won from me through merit alone. Your October number particularly fitted into my reading mood last night. 
After the daily grind of newspaper work, it might seem odd that relaxation is sought in more reading. But it has been my experience, and that of many of my co-workers. I find that the relief from the high tension of our trade comes from the change in the character of what we read, rather than in something else, such as physical recreation. Fiction relaxes where news has keyed up. And in the science fiction of your magazine's stories of super-science, I find the keenest periods of mental enjoyment through the admirable selection of astounding stories mixed adventure, unique travel, and prophetic science. In this I am not alone. A number of my acquaintances have reveled likewise in your magazine at my suggestion. I have not quite settled in my mind as to whether you have trained your writers to exploit this special field of magazine fiction, which you occupy so successfully or, in your editorial capacity, have so well selected the stories that bear the hallmarks of this peculiar interest that appeals so strongly to my leisure hours. By whichever road your success has been reached is immaterial. Astounding Stories has registered with me in a degree which should be flattering to your editorial supervision if I represent, as I think I do, that large class of magazine readers who prefer and seek a science-coded outlet from the humdrum of everyday living in mental adventure and travel-thrill reading. Have I presented clearly why and how much I like your magazine of astounding stories? E. P. Neal, 910 East Avenue, Red Wing, Minnesota. Much easier to turn. Dear Editor, Once more I am impelled to give a roar. The last few issues have been filled with letters from readers who are evidently not satisfied with a different magazine. If they do not like to read our magazine, then let them quit, but don't let a heckling minority spoil a real treat. My particular growl this time is directed towards Robert Baldwin and others of his ilk, who squawk about the size, in other words length and width, of the mag, and the uneven pages. The size is perfect, and just because the craze for standardization has hit some of the other science fiction mags, and they have gone gaga over being an awkward shape. That is no reason for your going ahead and spoiling this one. And the uneven pages are a relief when reading, because it is much easier to turn over a leaf when they are of a slightly different width. However, to take some of the sting off, I must say some of the ideas of said Mr. Baldwin are okay. Enlarge the mag, of course you will, as readers increase and sales go up. Larger, as he says, it will be worth the other jitney. Put ads in the rear. Have full-page illustrations when possible. But another thing he is absolutely wrong on. Please do not adopt the antique method of continuing a story on page umpty-ump. Some of the readers are still yowling for reprints. Well, it is true that some reprints would be very acceptable. However, as most of the really good old-time tales of science fiction can be procured in any good-sized library, why bother to print them and thus decrease the space allotted to our new authors, some of whom are even better than Wells, Verne, etc., much as I like the old masters? By the way, my enlarge in the second paragraph means in thickness, amount of reading matter, not shape. Wesso has always been good, and he seems to be improving, though he and others might still be better if they would carefully read the descriptions of persons and animals of other planets before picturing them. I don't wish to make this blurb too long, so will not be specific. But you and others probably have seen the same as I, where the illustration has not been true to the description. It might interest you to know that I have been instrumental in getting several new readers for Astounding Stories. 
Long Live Our New Mag. Robert J. Hyatt, 1353 Kenyon Street, Northwest, Washington, D.C. Ow, ow, ow. Dear Editor, I have just looked at the Reader's Corner in the October issue of Astounding Stories. It disgusted me. What do you print there? Only letters praising your magazine to the skies? Or do you occasionally print a brickbat? I've bought your magazine each time since it was first printed, and many times I've felt like quitting. Why? There are a number of reasons. First, you print stories that have nothing to do with science, such as the Soul Master. Second, your illustrations are poor. They would look better if they were full-page ones. Wesso is the best artist you have. Gould and Sabo are just plain cartoonists, and mighty poor ones at that. Third, you print stories that give a weak and implausible scientific basis. Diffin, Gee, Leinster, and others err in this respect. Fourth, rotten paper. It goes to pieces after being handled. Fifth, no editorial or science questionnaire. Your authors will not starve if you print reprints. Rousseau and a lot of others write for other magazines, and reprints would occupy such a measly space that they could hardly be called down for being printed. Your magazine has some good features, a good cover, good authors like Brewer, Vincent, Meek, Ernst, and Starzl, clear type, and handy size. If anyone thinks I'm wrong, well, my address is given. This challenge includes the editor. I sincerely hope you will improve your magazine. Edwin C. Magnuson, 1205 East Ninth Street, Duluth, Minnesota. Suggestions Dear Editor, I have read your excellent magazine ever since it came out, and though it needs a few corrections like the others, A.S. is nearly perfect. Why not have your pages evened up, and add a Department of Science on subjects such as rocket propulsion, etc., so the readers could become familiar with the mystifying problems stated in the stories? Have the advertisements in the back, and don't change your artists as their work is satisfactory. Robert Baldwin of Illinois has an excellent list of suggestions. Why not have a page devoted to the pictures and biographies of your writers, and full-page illustrations? Why not have a space for good reprints and charge a nickel more? I am sure it will be appreciated by readers. Why don't you put out a quarterly, twice as thick or containing twice as many stories, for fifty cents? A satisfied reader. Hume V. Stefani. Thirty-seven and a half Wood Street, Auburn, New York. End of The Reader's Corner And End of Astounding Stories, 14, February 1931